0: Okay, so this is an ogress who lives... I also, I love the word Ogris. ogress. I love it. I'm an aspiring ogress. Yeah. Hello, welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen.
1: And I'm her little brother, William.
0: And this week, we are going to share Arctic, chilly horror stories and fo- folklore with each other.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, I'm feeling a cold breeze. Woo in the in the air.
0: A cold fronts coming in.
1: Truly like now when I yes. go outside <laughs> like to take the garbage out or to walk Molly or something like that. It's absolutely true. It's that quality in the air that is impossible to adequately describe, mm-hmm. but it all screams winter to yes, me. Yes, it
0: finally feels like that.
1: Yeah, so we're going to get the jump and we're going to talk about some cold weather That's uh folklore right. and I've got like I've got some straight up like monsters.
0: Yeah. No, so do I. I, And I loved researching this. I really, really enjoy this. And this was Caitlin's suggestion from Patreon. So thank you so much for throwing it out there during one of our live streams, Caitlin, because it was an awesome, awesome idea. So I'm going to kick us off by talking about some Inuit legends. So Inuit actually just means people. You still use it to mean like the group of people, but it's technically um, the Inu, Inuk... tit-tut word for people. Okay. Um, So they say an Inuit person is an Inuk. Um, The legends that they have, and these are people who live in like northern, northern Canada that are like native to the land. So the Inuit legends tend to center around other worlds that we can't see. The idea that there's like an entire world going on in the sky, an entire world going on in the earth, and especially, unsurprisingly, the water and ice because so much of the area that they occupy is... Ice yeah. and water and stuff like that. So there's this idea that there's a whole other world that's going on down there. Something that's also interesting about them is that Inuit myths and stories tend to be short and to the point. Ooh, love that! Yeah, they were all of them were like pretty short. Like this is who this is. Sometimes it'd be like this is what they look like. This is what they do. Dynamite. It, it, and it's like kind of monsters and and stuff like that. Very very cool. And um, I thought that maybe it's like. I wrote this jokingly, but I also do kind of wonder. Too cold to tell a long ass story. I got to go cuddle up. <laughs> you would think that, but, that. Well, I don't know. Or I, while cuddling, maybe it's the perfect time to tell a long story. Maybe. I, I, or I think it doesn't about, matter.
1: You know, stories take place around the campfire, which is where you go to cool, to, to, to warm yourself. Right. right. And maybe eat some food and talk with people and share tales. Yeah. So maybe it was, you know, part of the activity of, well, for, we're social- Animals, people. Right. So, yeah, I don't they know, but I love the- passing
0: them around the campfire. Yeah, exactly. You go, you go, you go, you go. Take your
1: turns. Yeah, who yeah. knows?
0: But I just thought it was interesting that, like, per- it was a thing for this culture that their stories are short, because I found that over and over again.
1: It's quite the opposite of what I have, by <laughs> the way.
0: <laughs> the Norse are a long-winded people?
1: Yes. Norse mythology, much like Greek mythology, which mm-hmm. are some ways counterparts to each other. Like, it's all, like, sprawling epics. Where all of the the characters and the figures appear over the course of like, you know, sagas and everything. So I'm not going to tell you any sagas or anything later on, but my stuff is all pulled from like sprawling tales where people have complicated relationships to each other. Mm -hmm. So I'm totally down for something that is more like to the point and fast, here's who this person is and what they do.
0: Yeah, I maybe mean, it's a little point counterpoint. We'll, yeah. we'll balance each other out a little bit. Something that I also thought was very cool, even though it didn't make my research any easier, was that these stories are mostly passed by oral tradition. And because of that, there actually aren't tons of resources for these things. Like mm. some of these things that I do have some information on didn't even have a Wikipedia page. And I'm so used to Everything having a Wikipedia page, many things having their own wiki, even if they are folklore or something. Um, It was kind of foreign. Like the source for some of these things are just a book about it. And then if you Google it, all of the results are just that same book listed on different websites. And that's because I read this article from a Canadian magazine called Up Here, who spoke to the creators of Inhabit Media, which is a publishing company that is all about inuit folklore mythology who said because of the fact that things are passed down orally they basically wanted to start their company to have them down somewhere solid because otherwise these stories might eventually die out yeah it's really i don't know i thought it was really interesting like i've never i don't i shouldn't say i've never i don't remember the last time i had fewer sources for things that seem so cool and like I don't know, it doesn't seem like such a weird thing, like a mythology of a certain area. We've done that a million times and I haven't had a hard time like this before. Yeah. Um, I think it really to an extreme degree was passed down orally and really not even documented, it seems like, until Inhabit Media came along and started doing it. It's very pretty, cool.
1: It's pretty wild to to imagine that there are probably countless stories and pieces of folklore or whatever that are just lost right you know stories that used to get told only Mm -hmm. at campfires, and no one will ever, ever, ever know again. They were never recorded, never written down.
0: I know, totally. So I I completely get where they're coming from, especially if that's the culture, that it's just orally passed down. Like It seems like they were like, we need to start getting these down, because these people are going to start to pass away, or the stories kind of go out of rotation, and then there's nothing left to point to. There's no reference for them.
1: It would be hard to do something temporary today. Right? Because even if yeah. we, you know, I've thought about um, doing things before where we, like, release a podcast mm-hmm. and then immediately, Yank. immediately remove it and yeah. delete it and never, ever, ever re-release it or anything like that. Yeah. But there's still a good chance that somebody could download it and re-upload right. it or something. Like, how could you mimic that? Like, everything is permanent now.
0: Totally. And also, I honestly think the temptation to... To make it permanent too, because I like that idea, but I'd be like, oh man, that was so cool. It seems like a waste to not let more people hear that. I feel like we'd end up putting that up somewhere just because we can. Right. And Why wouldn't we? Yeah, kind of. Why wouldn't we? So I guess it's kind of okay that things don't die out that way, but it's just interesting that they don't. Sure. Um, it's also worth noting that a lot of these are they are cautionary tales the way that a lot of folklore is where it's kind of designed to keep children from doing different things whether it's like wandering into a dangerous landscape getting too close to the water whatever but in that same article which I have linked in the show notes the inhabit media creators point out a couple of times that it wasn't purely that the Adults who were telling children and other people these stories really believed some of these stories that they were telling. Like, they thought there was this monster or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there are, like, repeated sightings of some of these creatures and monsters. So they weren't purely just, like, boogeyman made up. They maybe kept telling them partially for that reason. But with most of these stories, there's somebody down the line who believed that was real and that's why they passed it on. Hmm. So let's start off with the tale of the Nannerluck, which is what Caitlin suggested to us on Patreon off the bat that got us to do this. So this is said to be a massive polar bear, like humongous, humongous, the size of an iceberg that lives under the sea. So almost like a polar bear Godzilla that is just laying in wait underneath the ice it's a ferocious man-eater, but it's practically invincible because of its ice-covered fur. Oh. So,
1: so it's also got like a shield of ice. Yes, it's, it's
0: exactly. It almost has like scales rock. of ice, I picture. Yeah, yeah, like it's like encrusted in ice, but it's still able to like move and do its thing.
1: Like when I shovel the driveway and then I have icicles <laughs> in my beard.
0: Yeah, exactly. That must feel so weird. Yeah. Does it feel that's... cool? Do you go like crunch? Oh, yeah. Does it feel cool? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Um, So the nanorluck lays in wait, but the way you can know one is nearby is finding an unusually large breathing hole in the ice, which is called an agglue. If you see one of those, you better get the hell out of there because that means that there is a nanorluck somewhere underneath there. So... The main source that I found for the Nannerluck is a book, an illustrated book, called The Giant Bear, which is by – I'm going to take my time with the name. It's Jose Angutin-Gurnique. Um, and then this was also made into a movie. And it tells the story of a hunter coming across an agloo near his igloo, which is like a home made of ice that you might think of, and realizing, oh, man, there's a Nannerluck under here. Um, It doesn't seem to know I'm here yet, so I'm going to come up with a plan to kill it. Oh. So that was later made into an animated movie that won like tons of awards and stuff. and has like a really kind of neat animation style. Hmm. Um, The consensus about both the book and the movie, even though they're somewhat separate entities, um, Jose worked on both of them, but still they have different vibes um is that they're both good but they're both gnarly and on goodreads people kept kind of reiterating the fact that killing a bear is a weird little kid's story because it sounds pretty gruesome the way that he finally gets the nanner luck like oh, it's right? i mean imagine like a medieval dude taking down a dragon it's like violent and whatever and that's told in this story swords uh if not a sword Something. I mean, something that's acting Slicey. as a sword. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Slicey, dicey, going through an eye.
1: Okay, um, sure. All yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. Of stuff. Yeah. yeah,
0: all this. All that. Uh, so I was thinking that, you know, it's hard to separate them, though, then. But, like, maybe it's not even really supposed to be a little kid story because it seems quite obvious that wouldn't be fair for little kids but the fact that the format is so little kitty it's a picture book like an illustrated book and a cartoon make you think that it's for kids um but then maybe it shouldn't be in that i don't know maybe you find some common ground or something i don't know but
1: you know we've even we've already talked about on this show the idea that like even even material made for kids when we were young is different from stuff for kids today, mm-hmm. and and then extrapolate that. Go
0: back, you know. Oh, this came out way. a few years ago. Oh, this is recent. Yes, the book and the movie. Well, the story though. The story itself, yes, but it's the Goodreads page seemed to say they wish that the book was a little bit. The illustrations were a little bit less gnarly.
1: Okay. Okay. They
0: apparently pull no punches. Interesting. But you know what are you gonna do? Yeah. But everybody still said that it was good. They liked it. But they were just kind of like, this is intense. I wouldn't read this to your children. Um, I love thinking about this. Like Things that are that massive fall into the category for me of making me scared and unsettled. But also kind of um, like excited and into it. Um, I've talked on the show before about the fact that Godzilla freaks me right out. I don't care for Godzilla. He's simply too big. Even watching the trailer, he's simply too big. It makes me feel small and weird and scared. It's too massive. I can't control it. Mm -hmm. there's nothing to be done.
1: I, yeah, I, I guess it's true. It's like, well, you know, this is not the, he's
0: like the weather you can't avoid. It makes me scared.
1: They, uh, you know that there was like a 2016 Godzilla movie um in japan where they gave him different powers and he's way weirder
0: yeah you we have a whole episode about godzilla um where you cover godzilla i'm not sure which one it is
1: i already did this i was i was literally gonna say we should cover godzilla no you covered Godzilla. oh no (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) my brain
0: i'll find out which one it was while we're talking but um yeah it just so massive but i also i'm like This is very cool. Um, And it reminded me of the fact that when we were kids, or even older, I guess, and we would drive to um, Massachusetts to visit our grandparents, we would pass all these, like, Kind of hills on the side of the highway. Yeah. And I used to imagine that there was like a sleeping dragon under there. Because it looked like a big hump Mm -hmm. of a back or something. It would scare me a little bit, but I also would like it. Yeah, yeah. And I also did that with the Verrazano Bridge. Favorite bridge as an adult. Sure. I also enjoyed it as a kid, but also scared me because I would imagine that – I don't even know what to call them, but think of any bridge. If you were on a bridge, it's like very suspension big. Suspension bridge. Suspension bridge. Um, I guess you could even picture like the Golden Gate Bridge or whatever. And if you're driving, you're seeing these two giant kind of like archway things coming down towards you. I used to imagine what if those were the tusks of a giant elephant oh, as we fun. were driving. And I was like, yeah, I like it. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I know. So you talked about Godzilla in – episode 83.
1: Okay, so that was like half the show ago. Yes.
0: All right. Yes, but if anybody wants to go back and check that out, you can. It was like 2 years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Okay, so let's move on to another monster. This is is the Qualu Pillu Qualu it is a boogeyman kind of figure for Inuits. Yeah. It kidnaps children. Yes, yeah, a so sweet. It kidnaps children who come too close to thin ice or large bodies of water where it lives. If the children get too close, the Qualu Piluit will kidnap them, stuffing them into its am- amautik or amautik, which is like a parka, basically. So stuffing children into its giant coat. Oh, my God before taking them away and drowning them. Oh, my God. So stories about the appearance of the Kualupiluit vary, but um, some stories have them dressed in feathers and stinking like sulfur. So that was interesting because that's connected to, like, demon and devil stuff. The smell of sulfur is supposed to be that there's, like, demons in hell things about that they have long fingernails and slimy green skin. They're sometimes referred to as he, but sometimes she. And in the stories where it's she, sometimes it says that she snatches the children to make them take care of her long flowing hair for her.
1: Oh, that's odd. I know. I've never heard of anything like that before.
0: Me neither. Like these children are for like maintenance.
1: Yeah, you now work for me. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be taking care of my hair. You're my for stylist a while. now. I was going to say like like um you know, folklore as what you already uh, called it of of like, you know, tales of how how to avoid getting yourself in trouble. If it's a story about don't go too near to the ice when it's thin. Yeah. Then I would expect it to be like, yeah, the ice will break in and you'll fall and something will grab you and drag you to the bottom of the lake. Once you said that this creature takes you away, Mm -hmm. I was like – well that's not like on theme with water. And then you're and then you said To drown. And then it'll drown you. Yeah. It's <laughs> like there it is.
0: It grabs you. Wraps you. you in the thing so you can't get away. The am amautique, and then drowns you. I also thought it was really cool and interesting. The amautique is going to pop up again in another story. And I think it's I think it's really cool. I would never heard the idea of a parka. Yeah. like a giant coat as being something like restrictive. In one of these stories we've heard about, like, people Krampus putting kids in a sack mm-hmm. or who's that kind of like Lady Krampus figure? I covered her.
1: Yeah, Lady Krampus.
0: Uh, it's something <laughs> with a G. It's like it's not Grimelda, but it's like Grilda, Grilla, Gril- Grilla, Grilla, Grilla. Yeah. I think Gorilla also had a sack or something. And I just never heard of a coat doing that. And it makes complete sense because they're in the Arctic where it's super cold. Totally. And I just like the idea of folklore changing and matching the area that it originates in. Like you would be talking about parkas and stuff here. Yeah.
1: I just think it's neat. And like, but also the idea of like being in the water and wrapped in fabric. Mm-hmm. It's the same as that fear of, you know, falling on top of a pool cover. Yeah. You know that happens in the unbreakable
0: I mean, Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. But, like
1: that feeling of like, oh, you're wrapped in you have to one, you're you're in the well, I don't water. I think and you're, you're probably
0: drown. wrapped in it when the because I think she's probably still wearing her parka.
1: Oh, you think that she just takes the parka mm-hmm. off and puts you in the water. And uh, that's what I picture. Out.
0: I think she's using that as a means of confinement so they can't okay. get out. It's almost like the way you would use a sack.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then
0: letting them out of it.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: Why waste a good ammo teak?
1: Yeah, parkas do cost some.
0: A pretty it's penny. A, really,
1: a good bar, a, a good parka. It's going to mm-hmm.
0: cost you. I actually just got one today. It's quite good.
1: Really? It's and quite good. Truly? What, could, you, could you stuff a child in there?
0: I might be able to. I sized up <laughs> just in case. And also, it has a detachable lining. So it's like a two-in-one jacket thing. Oh, great. And if I was wearing just the parka part without the lining, uh-huh. I could really fit a small child in there with Excellent. me. Excellent. Yeah. It's great. Look out for me. I'm going to be- remember this name. I'm the new M.O. Talik. You'll yeah. find out what that means in just a moment. Okay. Fear me. Okay. So now let's talk about. I'm going to take this slow again. I, I lucked out. I looked up the pronunciation for a bunch of things. But again, because these are a lot of them are folklore that was passed orally, um, the Kualu Pilu, the Kualu Piluit was the only thing I found pronunciation guidelines for. Huh. Um, everything else I'm just kind of trying to do. So forgive me. But the, uh, the next one we're going to talk about is the Mang, let me see, It. Mang- tatuarjuk ma- manga tatuarjuk okay Okay, so this is an ogress who lives I also I love the word O-gris. ogress. I love it. I'm an aspiring ogress. yeah I'm an amateur sleuth and an aspiring ogress. an ogress who lives underground and lures children to her lair to eat their heads in a very specific way.
1: Eat your head.
0: It's it's eating their head, but also there's a little something else there. So the way that she gets the children down to her underground lair is by leaving trails of beautifully colored rocks and carvings, which would totally have gotten me. I loved pretty little rocks and minerals, especially when I was a kid. So I totally would have followed this right into the ogress's lair.
1: And she's in there licking her lips, looking at the size of your noggin.
0: I know. <laughs> what a cabeza.
1: Come to me, big head. Yeah. <laughs> there are more shiny rocks over here. <laughs>
0: My hood was full of shiny rocks. But anyway, so once the children is in there or in there, she cuts off their heads, and then feeds on the disgusting rotting matter that oozes out of their nostrils. Ew! Disgusting mangataturajuk. Ew, you sicken me. I know. It is said that her organs are made out of steel and gravel. Oh. And there's a book about her called The nar of Rocks. The Gnawer of Rocks.
1: Like, that as in, choose gnawing. rocks. Gnawing, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's from that inhabit media.
1: Her innards are rocks?
0: Yeah, made out of steel and gravel.
1: So is that what she's leaving out for kids to lure them in? Little pieces of herself, and then she's going to eat a piece of you?
0: Ew, you think that trail of beautifully colored rocks is like... Part of her? Well, are you saying I'm not just being go- Are you like her poop? What? Well, because of her, if her, you said her innards are made out of rocks and then she's leaving those for the children.
1: Yeah, maybe I, I didn't mean that they were her leavings. I <laughs> meant like maybe that she's like cracking off part of a spoon oh, or something and putting okay. It out there.
0: Okay. Okay. You're
1: weird. You
0: said innards and then you said maybe she's leaving rocks. It's sad. Everybody. Just everybody, just calm this down. This is you.
1: This is all your fault.
0: Everybody, just calm down. See,
1: because if you're leaving stuff out there for kids to collect, and ultimately it leads back to you, right? You could like cut off your toes, and then the kids will be collecting them one by one. Then you've got all your toes back, and this delicious kid to eat. Yeah, but then your toes are cut off. Well, but what if you're like a magical creature and you can spare? You can put sure, them back on. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Sure. In that case, this thing yeah. sounds to be magical. Definitely. Sidebar: I, you, know- you can eat someone's boogers without cutting their head off. Life hack.
0: That's true. That the is true. The more you but know, maybe... I actually saw
1: this. We were watching, um, God, we were watching, you know. Uh, Good Girls those... on NBC. Good Girls. We were watching Good Girls. And then all of a sudden, who do I spy but David Boreanaz? Mm-hmm. Did you know you can eat someone's boogers without cutting off your head? Right. Think about it.
0: <laughs> the more you know. That's right. I'm- if. If only this ogress had heard that, she might be able to save herself a lot of trouble. But she didn't.
1: Yeah, she probably cut the cable.
0: She probably cut the cable. Well, that's not on cable NBC. Well,
1: (laughs) (laughs) probably also doesn't have an antenna. She doesn't have the old rabbit ears. Perhaps no. Perhaps
0: no. Okay, now let's move on to Mahaha. Okay. Any guesses based on the name what Mahaha's deal is?
1: um it is um a a motherly figure who loves to laugh ma ha
0: ha well you're not super far off this is the tickle demon oh my oh so haha really is part of the party here yes i would hate this so this is a group of demons not just one it's like a you know class of things that are around that are always smiling and giggling And naked, but the cold doesn't seem to bother them. They're super thin with icy blue skin, long, stringy hair that hangs in their faces, and white eyes peering through that curtain of, like, stringy hair. Ooh. They will tickle you to death. How it happens is that you'll hear a faint laughing behind you, and when they catch up to you, they'll tickle you and tickle you until you eventually die.
1: From what, though? Like... (laughs)
0: hatred in your heart i i mean i don't think anybody like well people be like the i don't gets care their for mitts me mitts on
1: your pits <laughs> What is it that you're really then like? What's the cause of death? Is it a heart attack? I
0: would say maybe so a much heart like attack.
1: Strenuous activity of laughing.
0: Yeah, maybe it's cardiac arrest. Um, and you can tell if you come across somebody who has died when they have been killed by a mahaha because they will have a frozen, rictus smile on their face. Oh my
1: god, this is the Joker. I'm
0: about to say like they love that Joker. Snow Joker. Hmm. Or that movie, um, Truth or Dare, that came out. A couple of years ago.
1: Truth or Dare. Truth or Dare. Ugh. Now that was some weird.
0: I actually didn't see it. Um, we should.
1: We could definitely cover the weird, like pseudo demons that have been in modern pop culture movies, where it's like. Sure. His name is Bagul. Yeah. You're know, right? somebody yeah, yeah, on a yeah. webcam explaining the backstory <laughs> of a demon.
0: I'm way into that. Fine by me. Um, However, your fate is not necessarily sealed as soon as they approach. You can trick a mahaha by bringing it to a watering hole for one last drink. I guess in between your laughs, you'd be like, let me have just another sip. And it will bring you, that was a little bit John Travolta and Welcome Back, Cotter, I think. (laughs) What I just did. (laughs) I just need Um, another drink. I just need another drink. Uh, but yeah, so it will bring you to the watering hole to grant you your last drink and then you can push it into the hole to be swept away by the current. Oh. So there is an out as long as you have the presence of mind while they're tickling you. And w- rushing water. I It seemed to be implying that like all water is... I know. It seemed to be implying that all water is going to be rushing. It specifically said it would be swept away by the current. Okay, so, sure. Yeah. You know. Okay, so this last monster is the one that... I didn't think about it until you point out that I have my new parka, but the one that I may eventually develop into, this is the Amautalik. This is another class of ogresses, not just a single ogress like the um, other one who I was talking about, but this is a bunch of people's the same way that there's a, a group of Mahaha who steal children naturally. This is a particularly notorious group, and it is said that just saying the name Leak will strike fear into the heart of Inuit children. Mm. So depending on the story, an Amauti, which is a singular version, is a woman who looks hella old, as old as time, and wears an Amautik that parka, out of a walrus hide that she stows children away in okay. to snatch them away, to do whatever children snatchers do in these stories, sure. like Boogeyman and stuff. Um, other times the story will have them, this is very creative and really crazy, have the amount uh, to leak hunched over with a giant basket on her back made from antlers and driftwood, and stuffed with rotting seaweed infested with lice and maggots. Oh. She tosses children into this basket to carry them away. Ew. Now, like the Mahaha, they can be tricked, luckily. Thank God. In one version of the story from the book, Stories of the uh, Talik, a girl who she has stolen is saved because the girl has this amulet that was given to her by her grandfather. And the amulet turns into a bird. Because it just feels it's needed and knows what to do or whatever. And when it turns into a bird, it starts freeing the girl from the basket, picking off pieces of the basket so she can get out. It then flies around the Amautalik's head, pissing her off enough that she basically is like, this isn't worth it. And she gives up the whole thing and just lets the girl go.
1: So the League is also slightly put upon.
0: Yes, exactly. Again, another reason that I feel I could develop into this one with a little time, love, and tenderness.
1: Because she's got a lot on her plate. Mm-hmm. She's carrying this thing on her back. Right. So she's very having close it all as a myth,
0: says the amoutalique.
1: She's she's you know, a, a hair away from throwing her hands up and going,
0: screw it. Who needs it?
1: I don't need this. No. I'm going home. Exactly. Okay. That's great to know. I know. Whether your grandma or your grandpa gave you an amulet or not, mm-hmm. maybe you can just pester the amountalik just enough. It's just good to know. Sidebar. Grandpa gives you an amulet. Yeah. Gramulet. Uh. It's like I said, a spell that made you sneeze.
0: <laughs> yeah, gramulet is the spell that makes
1: gramulate. me sneeze. Gramulet. A chew. A key. A
0: chew. Stop it. <laughs>
1: Enough. I'm trying to do this shit. I'm allergic to that word. Know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so that's it for the folklore. And I looked up some movies. I tried to find things that were in specifically the Canadian Antarctic. And it doesn't seem like there are like a lot of real hot movies on the scene. Yeah. That, um, are set there but just like inhabit media has inuit books to coot or Takut productions makes inuit movies that are for children and young adults so something to check out there who produced the the giant bear book cool that's about the nanner um there are a lot of movies that are set in other places in the arctic just not canada but i did find two that seem worth pointing out there's a movie that came out in 2009 called The Thaw, starring Val Kilmer, which has the tagline, Extinction Will Find You.
1: Extinction th- Will Find You. I think that's a bad
0: you. tagline.
1: Extinction Will Find You. Mm-hmm. So the It also the, doesn't seem
0: to be true for what happens in the movie, because the, they definitely find what could be their extinction.
1: The concept of extinction is attempting to get you. hmm Extinction is an event. Right. If... You're found by extinction. Be, it should be like extinction is coming. Maybe Something. even that's weak. It's not good. Extin- if you die, did you go extinct?
0: I guess. Even though
1: humans continued?
0: Yeah, like Kristen went extinct. Kristen
1: went extinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah. eh, it's not great, though. Um, The plot is that an Arctic research team gets sick from a prehistoric parasite that had been frozen in a polar ice cap. Um, Looking at the Wikipedia, it sounds kind of gross. Uh, One part involves eggs found in the brain of a woolly mammoth. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. The other one I wanted to mention, which sounds better, is called Black Mountainside. And it's an indie movie from 2014 that won a bunch of awards. And the plot is that archaeologists go to the Arctic North in Canada and find ancient artifacts below the ice and dirt that date back to the end of the Ice Age. But after finding them, they start having psychological and physical effects and things start to go all haywire. But apparently there is also an acknowledgement that they are kind of going crazy from the isolation of this mission as well
1: that's interesting yeah so that's, it, that's supposed to be
0: a very good movie yeah but um i didn't really find anything else that was about like the canadian arctic okay fair enough mm-hmm. you
1: know i watched uh, an indie movie the other day that was very good oh what raiders of the lost ark
0: william come on the indie, come on hold on to your potatoes <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So that's it.
1: There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to be talking about Norse uh, mythology, some some wintry, some not, mm-hmm. but, but a lot of like cold weather creatures and okay. monsters and stuff. But before we jump into that, um, if you're listening to the show and you're enjoying it, why don't you consider hopping on over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a review while you listen to the second half of the episode? Um, Guide to the Unknown is going 160 episodes strong mm-hmm. as of this week. Um, if you are into what we're talking about right now, and especially as I get into Nor- into Norse mythology, I also want to say that we've covered things like this before. Way back in episode 38, we covered the fact that people in Iceland are said hmm. to believe in elves. Um, so you might enjoy checking that out as well. Or yeah. any number of other episodes in our archives where we've talked about pop culture monsters. We've talked about you know fictional creatures in terms of movies, folkloric lore-based characters in terms of world history. Kristen and I have covered things that scared us as children. So go digging around into the archives and consider sharing this show with people because if you like it, maybe somebody else will too.
0: Yeah, that'd be absolutely awesome. And we'd also really, really appreciate it if you headed to patreon.com slash pod and signed up to donate $4 or more. You can put anything in that field per month as a thank you to us for putting this show out for for free. And as a thank you to you, we have bonus podcast episodes that come out there every single month. So there's kind of like a whole secret podcast that just patrons get access to and we also do a monthly planning session where on the first sunday of every month we sit down with our patrons and do a live chat where will and i plan the next four weeks of shows so you can see what we're doing you can see kind of what our process is and you can affect the shows like caitlin did caitlin brought up the idea of arctic horror in one of those Patreon planning sessions and then we did it today so go check that out it's a really really appreciated way that you can support us and thank us for doing the show and you guys some cool things back for doing it.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, this past week, I was thinking a lot about one of the bonus shows that we've got up there. Kristen and I watched, so we listened to him, you can you can hear what we're watching as we're talking about it. We watched music videos that, are, that have elements of horror to them. Mm-hmm. So there was like a Scream 3 music video from Creed. Yeah. But David Arquette plays Dewey in it. Right. You know, we watched that and we watched. So here's what I was really thinking about. There's this insane 40 minute long Michael Jackson. Oh, my God. Music video called Ghosts, where he it was like a, a sort of like him trying to do Thriller again. Yeah. But I I somebody was talking one of the shows that I like was talking about that video this week and it got me thinking I was like, oh, my God. We like talked about that and like reacted to it and reviewed it. Yes. Like, go check out that show. I I, I remember having my mind kind of blown by like these characters that Michael Jackson was playing. And, oh yeah. And he, I, it's it's there's so much oddball stuff on Patreon just for people that support us. That mm-hmm. is one of them. Yep. That has been on my mind as of late. So maybe go check that one out, please. Um. But yeah, let's talk about some Norse mythology here. I do you do you have any great familiarity with Norse mythology?
0: No. I mean, you know, Thor, right. I know is Norse mythology, but besides that, no.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, I think it's it's most um, well-known, Thor, Odin. You know, mm-hmm. Thor is now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's one of the the main Avengers. So I think people know it to that extent. Loki, yep. his brother, very yeah. popular. Mm-hmm. That's Norse mythology. And uh, it's, it's real-life folklore that dates back hundreds of years. And so here are some of the interesting... Creatures from it. I was always a big fan of Greek mythology. Same. I was always fascinated by it. Mom had books on Greek mythology growing up. I I have it it now. Over and over and over. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, you do. And um, Norse mythology, there are, you know, in Greek mythology, you'll have like the god of war. There's also a god of war. In Norse mythology, yeah. like a lot of these figures are analogs for each other, so it sort of gives me like a, a a leg up reading into Norse mythology. Except it's also just unfamiliar enough, right? That everything is new and odd and interesting and 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 fascinating. So I'm going to talk to you first about a creature called the draugr. Mm. The draugr is an undead monster. Some people might call it a zombie um because it is the the undead body coming back and trying to tear at your flesh and kill you and eat you they're violent some people refer to it as a revenant which is uh essentially a person who is not brought back to life, but reanimated. Mm-hmm. And so there is a, I guess there's a soul in the body, but the body is rotting and decaying and it's just full of rage and anger. Some people might call this thing something of a vampire because it tries to occasionally eat you or drink your blood. And it can, if it if it bites you or kills you, you might be turned into a draugr too, which is huh. very vampiric. Um, so evidently the draugr are capable of uh, they have increased strength, so they can crush you to death.
0: It's also vampire-y, right? I think vampires yeah. are like very strong.
1: Yeah, they're super strong. Um, they. <laughs> Man,
0: it's so stupid. They're super strong. <laughs> I think vampires are like really strong. Vampires yeah, they're super strong.
1: Like, really strong. Oh yeah, they're <laughs> super dumb. strong. We should watch Twilight. Doesn't he stop a car yes. from hitting Bella?
0: I think you're right. Yeah. I was asking
1: Ali this the other day.
0: Bella in yeah. Twilight.
1: Bella Lugosi
0: reference no i don't think so bella means like beautiful in italian i think it's just a romantic name
1: bella but also bella lugosi was famously dracula
0: i think it's a coincidence probably okay but you're absolutely right but i i just don't feel it
1: fair enough Mm -hmm. so a drogger might also try to eat you They're gonna bite you but uh even worse than the bite kristen you would hate this they can turn into a giant and eat you whole they Ugh. can just fully put you in their mouth and chew on you. It must be
0: huge. <laughs> That's a <laughs> yeah. It's a
1: big monster. It's a big Draugr. Yeah. Um, Draugr have another ability that is unusual. They can enter a person's mind and torture them mentally. Maybe it's a nightmare. Maybe it's a waking nightmare. Um, but either way, often they will leave some sort of a totem or sign around after the torture is done uh-huh. to communicate to the person. That was all That was real. me. It
0: oh, was, that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You weren't just hallucinating. Uh-huh. That really happened. Um, That's cool. The Draugr is called a corporeal ghost with a physical, tangible body, um, and uh, it's going to be delivered a second death if you kill it. It's already been killed once, so if you're going to cut off its head or something like that, that's its second death. Um, They stink. Okay. Reeking of decay. Some are said to be necrotic black. Others are, quote, death blue (laughs) or corpse pale. which are some of my favorite Sherwin-Williams.
0: Oh, my God, Will. I was about to make a joke about paint color names. Yeah. (laughs) Name-checking Sherwin-Williams makes that joke better, so you bested me.
1: Um, A draugr in Icelandic folktales in the modern age can also change into a great flayed bull, a gray horse with a broken back, or no ears or no tail, which is scary, too. Like It can turn into... You can turn into a horse.
0: Yeah, a, a messed up horse, one. Yeah, right. A
1: screwed up, frightening horse. Yeah. Um, or a cat that will sit upon a sleeper's chest and grow steadily heavier until the victim suffocates. Mm. Yeah. Um, also like vampires, which there's all this like folklore around vampires of jamming a rock into a dead person's skull when mm-hmm. you bury them so that they can't come back right. to life. There are uh, uh, prevention methods to stop somebody who has recently died from coming back as a Draugr. Traditionally, a pair of open iron scissors is placed on the chest of the recently deceased, and straws or twigs might be hidden among their clothes. Their big toes are tied together, or needles are driven through the soles of the feet in order to keep the dead from being able to walk. Um (laughs)
0: wild man
1: i absolutely love um that sort of thing
0: yeah i do too
1: uh where it's just like because you know we theoretically have respect for the dead yeah um and the notion of saying farewell to your loved one, but also like-
0: All right, get the needles. We
1: got to tie their toes together because I never want to see them again. Right,
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs> it's like fascinating. I,
0: I think so too. Like the bell thing. Yeah. So oh, funny. I love the bell. Yeah, that,
1: too. The too. The bell that would signify yep. if somebody was accidentally buried alive. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. Uh, um, Any
0: weird stuff that they used to do to people before burying them, I find fascinating.
1: Yeah, tricky, tricky whacked out burials. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Evidently, the most effective means of preventing the return of the dead was believed to be a corpse door. This was a door through which the corpse was carried feet first with people surrounding it entirely so that theoretically the dead person cannot see the door itself or where it is. They don't know where they are. <laughs> That's it's, awesome. It's, it's so simple. Yeah, it's it's taking the dead to be buried somewhere that they wouldn't even figure out how to come back from.
0: Right, it's like putting a blindfold on somebody in a car. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have no idea where we are right now, yeah. which is great. Um, there is, uh, yeah, okay. The Draugr, I had some familiarity with i play um i'm a really big fan of the god of war video games and those were always greek mythology until they rebooted it in the last couple of years with norse mythology um and the draugr are essentially the goomba Mm. you know like in mario it's like the common enemy that you see all the time so i was familiar with them but i it's funny in looking up norse mythology i kept hitting video game Hmm. adjacent concepts Because I guess like folklore has really – this particular folklore has really permeated pop culture. Yeah. Like even a lot of like um, D&D stuff um, all seems to come from like this mythology. And like uh, uh, Lord of the Rings is very loaded with Norse mythology of like elves and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've sort of dodged a few things about like – you know, dwarves and elves. I've never been a, a huge fantasy fan. No, me neither. But, yeah. Um, here's the next creature that I've got for you, the Berserker. Mm. Which Which, uh, Kristen, you just turned 37. I did. Snooch to the nooch.
0: Thank you, Snookins, babe.
1: And uh, in Clerks, um, there's a character... Uh, Olaf, <laughs> who is supposed to be in a band, and his big song is Berserker. So oh yeah!
0: Oh yeah! That's right. This one's yeah. this one's this one's for, this one's for yeah. me. Thanks.
1: Kevin Smith's birthday. <laughs> Given Smith's th- this birthday. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> um, Berserker is a term that refers to a warrior. Okay. Who really goes ham.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I picture is somebody who's just like a whirling dervish. They're just coming at you.
1: Snarling, yeah. like drooling, like raving, mad, can't be stopped as if you've just injected them with like yes. five syringes of steroids and they're going to barrel through you. They'll rip you apart with their hands if they have to. Mm-hmm. The term berserker actually means bear shirt as in the animal bear Shirt, as in clothes. Literally, these warriors, these berserkers, would often wear uh, bear skin,
0: oh. and so
1: they would have an animal-like presence on the on the on the battlefield. Yeah, and so that just made them even more threatening and frightening.
0: That's cool.
1: Um Sidebar about the berserker, but in terms of video games, there's. Man, I didn't even make this connection until just now. But from God of War to a series called Gears of War, there is a monster called the Berserker that yeah. uh, I remember being very terrifying the first time I played the game. It is uh, blind. But it can smell you and it can hear really well, so you have to move quietly around it and slowly. This is a game where you have a gun that's also a chainsaw, so everything's uh-huh. loud all the time. Yeah, and then you encounter a monster that you have to like tiptoe around. Ooh, that's nerve wracking, very frightening. And if it senses you, it'll just barrel in your direction and like it'll it'll run at you from like across a room. It's that scary.
0: Oh man! Also, for my Real Housewives fans, uh, Real Housewives in New York specifically, they go to the Berkshires, which Will and I went to a lot as as kids. Berserkshires? They call them the Berserkshires because they always have fights in the Berkshires. Is that right? hmm Oh, my God. They go to visit Dorinda Medley's house in the Berserkshires. No wonder we love it there so much.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and now to my uh, – possibly my favorite creature that I've got for you today, the mare, M-A-R-E. Um, Kristen, there is a piece of art that I have encountered a thousand times in my research for Guide to the Unknown. It is a piece called The Nightmare. by an artist named Henry Fuseli. And it depicts a woman lying in bed and sitting on her chest is this little goblin.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it rings a bell. I'm going to look it up as you're saying. The Nightmare
1: by Henry Fuseli. F-U-S-E-L-I. I think that this even went way back to Guide to the Unknown episode one when we were covering the boogeyman and a lot of it was about like uh, uh, getting into the concept of nightmares a little bit. Yeah,
0: I've seen this a million times. Yeah. yeah,
1: night terrors, things like that. It's back again, but I maybe now know what that little goblin thing is. Oh, cool. Ironically, there's also a horse in that work of art, but the mare is yeah. not the horse. Yeah. Um, The mare is attested as early as in the Norse um, uh, Eilinga saga- from the 13th century. Here's some of the story of the mare, this little creature that sits on your chest. King Van Landy of Uppsala lost his wife to a nightmare, conjured by the Finnish uh, sorceress Hulda, hired by the king's abandoned wife. The king had broken his promise to return, and after 10 years had elapsed, the wife engaged the sorceress to either lure the king back to her or, failing that, assassinate him. Um, Okay. King Van Landy had scarcely gone to sleep when he complained that the nightmare, quote, rode him. When the men held the king's head, it, quote, trod on his legs on the point of breaking. uh, And then it seized his feet. Before the creature fatally pressed down on his head. A mare is, I think, a metaphor for, and I'm not, this is not a unique theory to me. This is like all over the internet, but like it's about sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And always has been. We've talked, seriously, we've talked about this work of art like a million times in a million other contexts. Yes. But the fact that it's called a mare and the fact that the term nightmare seems to have some connection to this particular creature means that it's sort of the origin point for all of this stuff, which I love. So, um, not only is the mare like a little creepoid that wants to sit on your chest and suffocate you while you're sleeping mm-hmm. in like a torturous death, it's also said by the way that i I should have pointed this out when they say the nightmare rode or the the mare rode him. It's because the mare is also said to like um truly literally ride you to death like it will ride a horse until the horse's legs are like breaking yeah. from running so hard. So this thing will work you to death. So if you're sleeping, it will essentially crush you mm-hmm. and, and, and squeeze the air and life out of you because it's riding you right. to death. Um, but not only that, the mare is associated with another creature called Morana, also known as Marzana, the goddess of winter, mm. um, <clears throat> who I cannot wait to tell you About Uh, There are theories that uh, the name comes from death or pestilence. Cool. Neither one is particularly nice. Nope. Um, Morana is, uh, it may may come from the terms phantom, vision, or hallucination. She's a figure that sort of represents winter itself, almost like a Jack Frost. Um, Cooler one. a, A much cooler one, although, you know, horrible things happen to her. Okay. You know, because if you've got a really fun character, don't you wish that there was some sort of like a ritual surrounding her or something mm-hmm. that you could partake in every yeah, year? absolutely. Great news. Oh. There is a rite that involves preparing an effigy in female clothing. This is in Poland and Slovakia. Okay. Um, and then you either set it on fire or you drown it in a river or both. Oh, <laughs> This is a little often, bit of overkill. This is often performed on a field trip by children in kindergarten or primary school. <laughs> That's <laughs> the, awesome. The effigy, which is often made by the children themselves, can range in size from a puppet to a life-size dummy. And it represents the end of the dark days of winter, the victory over <laughs> death, and the welcome, welcoming of the spring rebirth. Um, there are superstitions that relate to the custom of drowning Marzana. To end winter. One cannot touch the effigy once it's in the water or else your hand will wither. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back. So now you've already done it. Right. right. You've, drowned, you've drowned Marzana. You've burned yeah, the effigy of done. this w- woman. <laughs> um, if you look back on your walk home, you might fall ill and if you are unfortunate enough to stumble or trip over that might even go ahead and lead to a relative's death within the next year.
0: Oh no. Yes. Oh my god. You this
1: there's a procedure. You better be this, careful.
0: This is teaching kids orderliness.
1: Yes. Yes. You've got to be orderly with the way that you burn and drown that effigy. Yeah. Of the embodiment of winter.
0: Correct. Or there are consequences. Big
1: time. <laughs> Big time. Um, amusingly, the Catholic Church doesn't seem to be down with this. Okay. And has tried to instead substitute it with a different ritual, hoping that maybe this like bloodlust notion of like personifying a spirit of a season. Yeah. Maybe won't be a thing that children do.
0: Is it like lamb and nobody wants to do it?
1: Uh it is, but it's also kind of messed up okay they didn't replace it with you know like we all sit around and tell each other stories yeah right they attempted to replace it with uh throwing an effigy of judas off of a church tower
0: (laughs) all right maybe they're like look these people like this thing we're gonna have to appeal to them in some way yeah so let's keep the effigy yeah let's make it a bad guy who we're all mad at
1: somebody that we don't like that the church doesn't like got Mm -hmm. it Okay. And we can do some harm to it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, perfect. It should be that like they fill the effigy with, you know, like like old parts of like watermelons and stuff. So that <laughs> when it splats, it's like really satisfying. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because fire is so destructive and, and enticing. Oh yeah. If you're gonna try to one up fire, you've really gotta go hard.
0: It's hard to one up fire. It's hard to one up fire. Fire
1: bug myself. <laughs> totally. Um, So back to the mare, because in Poland there are some things that people believe you can do to prevent a mare, a nightmare, from befalling you and sitting on your chest Mm. and and suffocating you. Um, You can uh, uh, drink coffee grounds before going to sleep.
0: I don't think that's going to do. It'll keep
1: you up. It'll keep you up. So maybe the mare
0: won't come, yeah.
1: You can take the mare's hat. Okay. Which I think is funny that it's wearing a hat. (laughs) It's funny. I wonder what kind of hat. Yeah. It doesn't have a hat in the artwork.
0: No, it doesn't. I picture like a beanie.
1: A beanie, really? Yeah. Like, 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 yeah, like a knit beanie, like Jason Muse, like a.
0: Yeah, maybe Ooh. not. Not maybe not folded over. Nooch. Kind of an old, old timey snooch. The nooch beanie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nooch, nooch. <laughs> um, oh, you can actually throw a piece of a noose at the demon. <laughs> oh, a piece of a, a piece noose, of a noose, which is just a piece That's of weird. a rope. Yeah. Um, you can sleep with a leather wedding belt or a scythe. Um, A scythe? I guess. You had to chop it?
0: That's very dangerous. Again, that's probably just to keep you from sleeping all night because you're sleeping next to like a giant blade that you don't want to roll
1: over on. Well, fun fact. You can kill almost anything with a scythe. (laughs) (laughs) The more you know. Um, You can invite the mayor for breakfast. Call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for breakfast. Oh, my God. Uh, You can change your sleeping position. (laughs) That sounds like the easiest one of all. I would say I would
0: go with that one. Yeah.
1: You can... (laughs) You can smear feces on the door.
0: Because then you won't want to touch it?
1: Would you believe I didn't read this list before I copied it down? (laughs) I don't believe it. Um, Smear feces on the door. It'll keep everyone away. Absolutely. You will have the best sleep of your night. (laughs) No one's coming over to bother you. If you smeared feces on the door.
0: Except maybe not. It'd be like reverse aromatherapy. I feel like you'd have a terrible sleep.
1: I also do good aromatherapy. (laughs) from Jason muse to the nard dog sorry everybody I'm all loopy oh tonight. my god um you can also leave a bundle of hay in your bed and then just go sleep in a different room oh my god
0: okay <laughs> i'm just gonna change positions i'll just roll just over change positions just move a little bit <laughs> i guess that's fine
1: and then you damn it Trent, you vested the, the mare. Um, to protect cattle or horses, because the mare is a thing that, again, it rides you. They believe that um, it'll drain
0: horses, cattle of energy or blood at night. What so a huge pain if this thing comes into your life. Not only do you have to smear feces on your door, yeah. feces, feces, feces on your door. You also have to worry.
1: Feces, pieces. <laughs> all Over the door. Even got the knob. <laughs> How am I going to get back in? <laughs>
0: You have to smear feces and you have to worry about your animals. You have to worry about yourself and all your animals. What a bug this is!
1: Feces. <laughs> <laughs> really comfy. Feces. Oh, there's feces all over the door. <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> anyway.
0: You're going to be dealing with oh, feces A plenty soon. Oh, with Will's God. baby coming, it's
1: very true. Yeah, I, maybe we oh, should been, just always call it feces. Don't It'll worry, i practicing
0: <laughs> <laughs> diapering yourself. <laughs> Watch the pin. More powder. <laughs>
1: Anyway, oh my god, if you want to protect your cattle and horses, uh, people would hang mirrors over the manger so that the mare will scare itself with its own face. Which mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool, that's like classic. Yeah, it's like it's this is not how you get Rumpel obviously, but it speaks to that sort of like mischievous weirdo who, uh-huh. who can be defeated easily if you know the right way, right? Um, or you would affix dead predatory birds to the stables <laughs> door
0: again. I'm god. going with the Bathley's resistance. I'll just put up a mirror.
1: We don't have it. There. You know what? No, I was about to say there are no customs about sticking something to your door anymore. But that's not really true. You um
0: um wreaths. wreaths. Yeah, Christmas wreaths. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. What's uh, feces wreath?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess anything is a wreath if you just Feezy make in that wreath, pattern. Yeah. Feces wreath.
1: Um. Sometimes the horses were given red ribbons. Um. Or they also were covered in a stinking substance. So. <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry, hold on. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> I must excuse myself. <laughs> Things are not going correctly. <laughs> all right, moving on. Ignore it. Ignore it. <laughs> all right, here's a little one, and then I'll I'll, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> it's just a little guy. I'll tell you about, and then I'll, I'll leave you all alone. There's something called.
0: <laughs> God, that was a really big story.
1: <laughs> There's something called a fuelja. Mm-hmm. Which um, um, it uh, it's it's can transform into an animal. It's sort of a um, a familiar okay kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It can uh, turn into an animal that represents you in some way, shape, or form, or your future. Oh. It cannot change. I thought of it almost like a Patronus. Okay, so um, somebody with a tame nature, their field field jaw. Would typically be an ox, a goat, or a boar. If you have an untamed nature, you might have a fox, wolf, deer, bear, eagle, falcon, leopard, lion, or serpent. So something that's a little more like wily and and Mm -hmm. tough. Um, It uh, will appear in front of its owner, often in dreams, and offer portents of events to come. That's Um, cool. It's a representation of the future itself in that case, not just your character. Um, and it uh, can appear also in your sleep. But if it appears when you're awake and you see it, then that ja is an omen of your own impending death.
0: Mm. There are a lot of variables to the Fielgia. Yeah, there are a well, lot like, of things. Yeah, like in
1: field guide. Totally. I feel like there are a lot of things here where it's like, this might happen or that might happen. Right. Um, there's also, uh, I'll leave you with one more just because I thought it was fun. The Fossegrim. This is a fiddle teacher. It's a little creature that will teach you how to fiddle. Okay. Um, but it's a little tricky. Um, talk, about, talk about clumsy rules. The Fossegrim is said to be willing to teach away his skills in exchange for a food offering made on a Tuesday evening and in secrecy. Um, <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it wants uh, a white he-goat thrown with the head turned away into a waterfall that flows northwards. Or smoked mutton stolen from the neighbor's storage four Thursdays in a row. If there is not enough meat on the bone, he will only teach you how to tune your fiddle. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you went through all that. It's like, man, eh, not enough meat. Yeah, Twist the knobs at the end of the fiddle. See you later. If the offering is I like this little guy. If the offering is satisfactory, um, he will take your right hand and draw your fingers along the strings until all your fingers bleed. Oh my god! After which, you will be able to play so well that the trees shall dance and torrents in their fall stand still. All right, I guess. But oh, I hate that idea. So it's worth stealing all that mutton, I guess.
0: Stuff in your pockets with it.
1: Trust me, right. <laughs> it was worth it. In terms of like movies and stuff, I, I have just a, a few. There's a, a a very sort of um uh, famous infamous movie. It's it's relatively well known called Troll Hunter. Okay,
0: it I is, know it by name. I
1: exactly, yeah. That's that's why I say it's sort of known. Though mm. I, I I personally have never seen it, but it's a found footage movie where people encounter a troll. Um, there is a movie called The Ritual. This uh, was yes. very popular. Uh, it's on Netflix, I believe. Yep,
0: it is. It's it's definitely there right now. I saw it recently. You, you I didn't watch it? it, but I saw that it, It's on there. Yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. I watched it a couple of years ago. A lot of people were saying that it was very much like the Blair Witch Project. Ironically, Troll Hunter is mm-hmm. uh, found footage. Uh, Ritual is not found footage, but it does concern a group of friends that go into the woods, I think in Iceland, mm-hmm. and encounter a folkloric event. It seemed too intense in for folklore. me. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a bunch. I don't know that I would say that I really felt like it was like Blair Witch. Yeah, it was very trippy. Mm -hmm. They did. I almost don't want to. I love spoiling stuff. Yeah, but I almost don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I there's a um, there's just like a a gimmick to the filming that I find really fun. Where Mm -hmm. sometimes you're in the woods, and then the woods feel a lot like different environments, Hmm. which is very creative and interesting. And
0: Dan Stevens is in that, right? Is that the same movie? The guy from um, Downton Abbey.
1: Oh, I don't think so.
0: Oh, uh, okay. it might be thinking of something else then.
1: Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, I don't think so. And then I learned about a movie that I had also never heard of before, but now it's on my list of things that I want to see soon.
0: Mm-hmm. It's called Marianne. Yes, I know
1: about this. I haven't seen it though. Really? You know about this? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's I a,
0: recognize the poster.
1: It's a 2011 movie and it is, to my understanding, uh, related to the, the story of the mayor mm-hmm. or of the, cool. um, of the mayor's companion, the Marana or the Marzana. Uh, as she's known, the the woman of the winter. Um, Peter Stormare is in it, who I love. And it felt like it's very sort of um, uh, like a psychological kind of horror, which the mare is a nightmare focused creature. So maybe there are elements of like trippiness and psychological torment and stuff, which mm-hmm. honestly is kind of right up my alley. Yeah. So I think that I'm going to be checking this out. But so uh, just to, to give some recommendations about things that are in the world of uh, Norse folklore horror. If you want cool. to check out some movies or anything, but there you go. Some, uh, Excellent. interesting Norse monsters. Yeah. Some quite wintry and, uh, might Wintery just be waiting indeed. outside while you're taking out the trash. <laughs> yeah, I loved this. I thought this was super fun. I love yeah. covering like, you know, because all of these have that vibe <laughs> of things that people told each other about
0: yeah. in mm-hmm. the dark. Yeah.
1: You know. I love
0: thinking about that.
1: I absolutely love thinking about that. And there's stories of survival to a certain extent or the way the world works. Right. I love
0: Yeah, it definitely tells you a lot about the way their world worked.
1: Exactly. I I absolutely love this kind of story. Super fun. Great suggestion, Caitlin. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Again, you can go to patreon.com slash gttupod if you'd like to help support the show and get some fun things back. You can also go to Facebook and join our private group. It's the Guides the Unknown Secret Society. So if you just search for that, you'll be able to find it. And we have a merch store that's at tpublic.com slash user slash gttupod in case you want to pick something up. And you can find the links for all of those things at gttupod.com.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, particularly in the uh, the merch store, the Tea Public store, I'm sure there's probably a warm hat or something in there.
0: Yes, I would imagine so. There are also masks. Yeah,
1: gotta gotta make sure that you're uh, prepared for the harsh winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, once again, if you would consider sharing this show with people out there in the world, maybe tweet. Write yeah. a Facebook post, write a blog post, tell some other podcasters, or leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, just like C. Jason did this past mm-hmm. week, saying, informative and fun. This is a great podcast for getting info about all sorts of horror subgenres, series, folklore, and legends in a funny package. Really love the conversational and casual atmosphere balanced with the excellent subject matter and information. I highly recommend this for horror aficionados. Great. Thank you very much to see you, Jason, and to anybody else Thank who you, might see leave Jason. us a positive review in the next week.
0: Absolutely. Thank you very much.
1: Speaking of uh, next week, Kristen and I are going to be coming back at you with some more spooky stories to share. Um, So make sure that you come back and hang out with us, subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to youtube.com slash talk And if you want, you can follow at GTTU pod to keep up to date with every uh, new show as it is released. If you've got something particularly pressing to say, you might also message us.
0: That's right. I am at chillin' Kristen.
1: I am at the myth traveler. So uh, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We will definitely see you next time for more spooky tales. But until that time comes, we must travel.
0: Back to the netherworld, go we. I pointed up like it was to the north and the Arctic. Up to the Arctic. While I was saying that, Mm. not down in the netherworld, but up.